Are you ready to study the scripture? All right. Would you pray with me? And then we'll turn and see what the word of God says to us today. Father, thank you so much for the scriptures. Thank you that the entrance of your word gives light to our souls. It illuminates our minds. It changes us, transforms us. Would you teach us? Help me to speak your words of life. Let them penetrate into our hearts. We receive from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. As you know, we're beginning a a series this last week. We had our first Sunday on the series called In the First Place, Priorities for Life. And what I believe is that God wants us to live as Christians, as believers, and he wants us to live by the priorities that he articulates in the scriptures. And these priorities are good for you and they're good for me. That these priorities, if well-lived, if embraced, will actually produce life and not death. And so I want you to, as we go through this process here over the next few Sundays, I want you to get your pen out. I want you to turn your worship guide over. There's a whole space there for taking notes. I want you to write things down, and I want you to listen as the Holy Spirit may speak to you about your own priorities, about what you're doing, about how you're living your life. And, you know, during this first month of the year, so many of us, you make some New Year's resolutions, and we're going to change our diet, or we're going to change our exercise habit, or we're going to spend more time with our family, or we're going to, you know, all these things that lose their steam about three weeks in. And I want us to think beyond resolutions. I want us to think about priorities. I want us to think about how Jesus wants to create a revolution in our hearts and in our minds to live like he told us to live. And so our cornerstone scripture, here's what it is. It's Psalm 90, verse 12. I'm going to put it up on the screen. It says, teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Well, you know what that means? That means we've got to look at it and say, wow, I have a finite number of days. If I count them, if I think about them, there's going to be an end to life on this earth. Teach us to number our days aright, because when you start thinking about the time you have left, you can be filled with a heart of wisdom. And I think it goes beyond this. Two things about this passage. I think, number one, when you start numbering your days, what it means is you you start... working with them. You start setting priorities. You start making sure that your numbers, the number of your days count, that it actually is worth living. And then it says, when you start doing that, when you start prioritizing, when you start numbering your days, when you start working with your days and what you have left and what you want to accomplish, here's what happens. You end up gaining a heart of wisdom. You know what wisdom is? Wisdom is not knowledge. It's not information. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom is what you do with what you already know. And so most of you in here, just like me, know the right things to do. What we need to talk about today is how to do them, how to apply what we already know. And so I want you to think of uh, this big, big idea here. I want you to consider this concept. We started it last week, and I want you to see it again. It is the order is important. The order of your life is important. The order of things, the order of decisions you make, the order of how you live, putting Jesus in the first place in your life matters. The order is important. I, I went to a business 
seminar many years ago uh, in Denver, Colorado, and I loved this illustration, and I, I've, I've used it a few different times. Every time I see it, it really is powerful to me, and uh, I, I can, we can look at these two jars, and we can sort of use these rocks as examples, as illustrations of the decisions we make in our lives, and, and we have this, this whole jar full of small rocks, little pebbles, little things that we do every day, little things that we kind of spend our time on. Things that we don't necessarily have to do, but we like to do. You know, this is like, this is, an example, this would be like uh, Facebook. <laughs> maybe, maybe Twitter. Uh, maybe there, this would be like TV, you know? Listen, if you don't watch TV. It's just horrible. I, I, was, I, I love to watch football, right? I, like, I love football. I was watching the game last night. Did you see those games last night? They were awesome. It was amazing. The, the uh, Saints um, against the Lions loved. I love the Lions, and they're, they're getting better. But uh, they just couldn't hold it together. I think the Saints might win it all. But I loved watching football. But here's the thing. I never watch football live. I always record it. Listen, people, TiVo, DVR, God gift, God's gift to making your time count. I never watch those commercials. It is a mess. It's awful. I'm sitting there. I'm watching these things like, what is this? Because I never watch a game live. Anyway, but I had to endure that. This is like TV. This is like stuff that we do with our lives that we don't necessarily have to do or things that we don't think are that big of a priority. And then we try to start putting real priorities in our lives. And we got all this stuff that we're doing that we spend our time on. We think, you know, God He's really important. We need to have a relationship with him. So we try to put God in there. And then we start trying to, well, my family is really important. And my kids are really important. I need my kids to, to make sure that they think I'm a good dad. And I train them. And I encourage them. You know, parenting is really about quality, not quality time. It's about quantity time. It's about how much time you spend with them. How much of you rubs off on them. That's really what it's about. Quality time is a misnomer. Then you try to make sure your marriage is good, and so you really want your marriage to be good. <laughs> Trying to spend time with my wife. <laughs> oh, she's not happy with me. <laughs> then you try to spend some time with other people that you think are important in your life, in your church, and then you want to serve, and you want to make you want to make things happen that are really good for you and, oh, exercise and, you know, we got to exercise every day. Mm, mm, mm. Doesn't work. You know what happens? You get frustrated. You get irritated. You don't have time for the things that really count. So you live your life always trying to catch up, always overwhelmed, always consumed, frustrated. You're always off kilter. You never have time to discover your purpose. But here's what happens. What we've got to do is we've got to take these things in our lives that are so important, so meaningful, and we've got to start prioritizing. We've got to start taking these rocks and we've got to put them in to our lives first. And as we do, we put them in there and we begin with the most important thing. The order is really important. So I put God in there. I want to spend time with him every day. I want to make sure that I'm, that I'm really filled up with God's word. I want to read that every day. By the way, one-year Bible reading, great Bible reading this morning. Hey, if you haven't caught up, 
right? You, you're, you're, you said, I'm going to read the Bible this year, and now it's day eight, and you're already behind. Don't worry about it. Read the Bible for today. Today. Don't try to catch up. That's guilt. That's all condemnation. Just read for today. I did, we had one guy came up to me this, this last week. Um, it was um, Joel. Joel, are you in the room? Joel, right here. Stand up, Joel. This is, he's awesome. This, I love this guy. He read the Bible cover to cover last year, didn't miss a single day. Now, the truth is, he really needed it. <laughs> and, and, he did, and he did lose his way and tried to catch up. But most of us, it's hard for us to catch up. And you could go to uversion.com. Say it to your neighbor, uversion.com uversion.com, and you can put it on your phone or on your iPad, and you can, you can keep up with it. It's awesome. It's wonderful. So priorities. I want to make sure I have a good marriage, which means I want to spend time with my wife. She is one beautiful woman. And so I want to make sure that uh, she thinks I'm a beautiful man, if you know what I mean. And, and then... <laughs> And so I start putting these things in here, and, and the really important things, I want to exercise. Got to make sure I'm exercising, all right? That's really important to me um, because I want to make sure that I live long enough to fulfill my purpose. And then finally, I end up with, uh, you know, a couple other things. My kids, you know, making sure I'm spending time with them and uh, fitting them in there. And so this is really important. And then, look, look at the rest of this. What am I going to do here? And then I start putting... All right, I, I can probably afford a little Facebook time. I can watch football some. It's really, I can fill, up my, fill in my life with different things that I, that I think m- m- sometimes make life enjoyable. It's not that I can't do them. It's that I've got to have my priorities right so I can do them and enjoy it. And so as I do this, you know, there's all kinds of thing in, things in here. Uh, football, Facebook, 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 Facebook. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, 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 Twitter. I'm, 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 I'm putting stuff into my life. I'm putting stuff in. I'm, I'm really having a great time. My priorities are made. I'm starting to really live well. I start to shake it down around my, these other really important things in my life. And then I continue to go on. And I'm putting things in here. I'm enjoying my wife. I'm enjoying my kids. I'm enjoying my, the Bible. I'm, I'm living my life well. Suddenly, it's all there. It's all there. The order is important. You didn't think I was going to make it, did you? (laughs) The order is important. Here's what you've got to see. If you put the rocks in the jar in a different order, right, you get different results. You get different results. You put the first things first. Here's the thing you've got to get. Order has power. Order has power for your life. God's order has power for your life. I love cleaning out the garage. I know you think that's funny. I don't really love it, but I love having a clean garage. That's really what it is. Because I hate looking at my neighbor and seeing his garage door go up and seeing how neat and clean, he's got all the pegboards and all his, you know, tools are perfectly laid out. Mine are like, it's terrible, it's awful. And since we moved in our house a few months ago, we haven't really cleaned the garage. It is a mess. It's, I mean, we got to do it. But I remember 
cleaning the garage with my, with my boys, you know? And it's like a mess. It's awful. And I, I take it all out, take it all out and dump it on the driveway, right? You take it all out and dump it on the driveway, and then people drive by from your neighborhood. Are you having a yard sale? <laughs> no, no, we're just cleaning out our garage. <laughs> well, how much do you want for that? <laughs> you can take it. Just go ahead. <laughs> But then my kids, okay, so we're taking it out, we sweep it out, we, we wash it out, we make it all clean and nice and pretty, and then we're getting ready to put it back in, and my kids, they pick up like a hammer. Okay, let's put it back in. Hammer, bicycle, random, just I'm taking all this stuff in, the littlest things in first. I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to put the big things in first. Let's make sure that we put all the big stuff in, make sure that we get the, the, the bikes where they need to be, make sure we get all the cabinets where they need to be, then we put the stuff in the cabinets. Don't just leave them laying around. It's incredible how your garage doubles in size. You can actually fit cars in there. The order matters. The order is important. Here's a few things I want you to highlight. Ready? Write them down. Super practical. Order determines capacity. Order determines capacity. Here's what Matthew 6 verse 31 says. Matthew 6 verse 31. If you want to turn there with me, you can read it with me. Matthew 6, first book of the New Testament, verse 31 Order determines capacity. Here's what it says. It says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Listen, everybody knows. Everybody knows that you need these things. God knows that you need these things. We live in the culture we live in. But if, we'll, if we run after them, if we run after all these little things over and over and over again, and that becomes our focus if we're obsessed with work and obsessed with making money or obsessed with any other things that are not priority in our lives, we just begin to work ourselves to death. We begin to become more and more frustrated. But here's what the scriptures say. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be, yeah, they'll be given to you as well. They'll be added to you. Order creates capacity determines capacity. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. If you seek God's will and kingdom first, then you can accept all the other things. If you're always chasing the hobbies, if you're always chasing the things that you love to do, you're always chasing all these things, always working yourself silly, then you can't have them all. It's really, a, really an important idea Second idea that is important is order communicates priority. Order communicates priority. Here's the thing. Whatever you do first, like whatever you do with your time, whatever you, whatever you do first with your time, whatever you do first with your money, it communicates to God and to others what you think the value is. What you think the value is, it's so crazy how when you're speaking on stuff like this, <laughs> you decide you're going to do a series on priorities. You get tested. I got tested this week. 
You know, we're doing this thing this week where it's first week and we spent a bunch of time here praying at noon and in the evening and it was wonderful, it was beautiful. I knew that my wife had several things that needed to get done on Friday and Saturday. I kind of knew it back here in the back of my mind somewhere. And I, but it wasn't forefront in my mind and she really needed for me to really remember and to pay attention to what was going on in our home. And I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> and so we had a huge discussion on Friday. <laughs> she was so upset at me because I just sort of filled my life with a bunch of other things. And she actually said this to me, and I thought it was so crazy because here we are in this series. Here I'm teaching this stuff. I'm getting ready. I'm preparing it. I'm all this stuff. And she's like, I just don't think you think about us. That's not true. I think about you. <laughs> what she meant was, I want, I want to be in the forefront of your mind. I want, I want what's going on at our home to be first. See, it can, happen to, it can happen to me just like it can happen to you. You can be consumed in your job. You can be consumed with what's going on and lose your marriage. And then our priorities get upside down. And so it's important for us to communicate what our priorities are to one another, to other people around us, and to God. The planting of this church has created a lot of, needed a lot of energy and focus for me and my family. And it's been a challenge for us. But we're committed to making sure that our priorities are right. Look at what Revelation 2, 2 says. Revelation 2, 2 through 4. This is the Apostle John in his revelation, and he is speaking the words of Jesus to the church, the churches, the seven churches, and he's saying here, here's what he says. He says, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. That's what he's saying to one of the churches. He's saying, I know your hard work. I know your deeds. I know your perseverance, and yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Your first love. Work, perseverance, deeds, they all are good, but really they mess you up. They, they're worth nothing without the first love. Thirdly, order impacts the rest. Order impacts the rest. That's the third big idea I want you to get. Order impacts the rest of your life. It order impacts the rest of what's happening in your life. If you have your life ordered... Everything that you decide goes in first starts affecting everything else. What I love about this illustration is when I tried to put the rocks in on top of all the little things and just kind of let my life kind of go like it wanted to and then try to stick the big rocks in after, it, I couldn't get all the little rocks to touch the big rocks. But once I put the big rocks in, then the little rocks filled around it and are in a sense influence. They're touching all the big rocks. The rest of my life is influenced by these big rocks. You see that? Sure. So, what, so what, what you do first impacts the rest. Whatever you do first has supernatural power to influence the rest. It's an organizational principle that governs all the rest. It's not just a business principle, it's a spiritual principle. 
Now, I want to read this passage. It's Proverbs 3, verse 6, if you want to turn there. Proverbs 3, verse 6. 6 6 through 10. We're not going to read the whole passage, but this particular passage is talking about money. I'm not talking about that here. I'm talking about all of your life. But this says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In fact, if you back up just a little bit, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In other words, on the way you think it's got to be done in order to get the whatever you need, the finances, the time. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, say it out loud with me, all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And then you go down to verse 10 and you see this, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. First fruits of all your crops. That's the way they did it in those days. They took the first fruits that they collected from their crops and they gave them to God. He said, when you do that, then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Order impacts the rest. So here's the big question. (laughs) Why don't we do it? (laughs) How how come it's so hard to exercise? (laughs) How come, how come our marriages are falling apart at an incredibly alarming rate? We kind of know what to do, and yet we don't do it. Here's what Proverbs 17.24 says. I'll just put it up on the screen here, and you can read it. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Oh, I got to go do this. Oh, I got to go do this. Oh, I got I to gotta do this. I gotta... A lot of people live their lives like that just running off in all kinds of directions. Here's the, here's the thing, and here's the truth of it, all right? The truth for every one of us is the distance between the truth you know and the truth you live equals the pain you experience. The distance between the truth you know and the truth you live equals the pain that you experience. There's a gap between what you know and what you do. And it creates pain. It creates what we call internal conflict. You know to do it. You know what the right thing is, but you can't seem to make yourself do it. And somehow, there's this gap inside causing pain to your heart, pain in your relationships, pain in your life, because you can't seem to get all the things done. We claim to live one way, to know one thing, but we actually live another. Do you know that over 90%, over 90% of Americans say they believe in God? A much lower percentage actually do the things that God's word tells them to do. Now, here's the thing I want to confront you with. I just want to challenge you. I want to encourage you and challenge you because for many of us, our lives are simply out of order. That's really the issue, is you just have been out of order. It's not necessarily that you're so bad or you've done so many things that are wrong, but these little rocks, they lead you to all kinds of bad things if you let them. They can consume your life, but really all you need to do is change the order. What's important, what you give time, what you give attention to. And this this is really where we should be talking about this, isn't it? In church. So I want to give you some clues. I'm going to give you some helpful hints of how then you start prioritizing, all right? How you start prioritizing. Number one, I want you to discover your values. Discover what makes you tick. Discover what's going on inside of you, how you're made. What's God's design for you? 
What's the thing that, that you love? What's the, what's the personality dynamic that you have? If some, some people are artists, right? We've got artists. They love to express. They just love to be free. They don't like boundaries. They don't like time constraints. Do I have any artists in here? Yeah, I'm an artist. I'm kind of an artist. I like, they like to be free, Floyd. Let's just let me, just let me be free to do what I need to do and when I need to do it. And then you got on the other side of the spectrum, you got accountants, right? <laughs> they want it to be ordered and right and exacting. They want all the, all the details right. And then they want every column to make sense. It needs to be looking exactly straight. And then at the bottom, both columns actually come up to the same number. And then they are slain in the spirit. <laughs> Some of you are like, what's that? Slain in the spirit. No, they just, they're overwhelmed by God's spirit because the numbers match. But artists, so artists are, artists are different. There's, there's two different kinds of people here. You know, truthfully, uh, I, as your pastor, I have, sadly, uh, both elements. I have this artist thing in me, an artist temperament, and then I have this predisposition towards kind of this exacting, detailed thing, and that's why I get depressed, <laughs> because I want everybody to enjoy everything and just be creative and artistic and just wonderful, and then I want everybody to do it right, but when I do it, then I, when everybody does it right, I make everybody do it right, that makes them unhappy, and they can't be free and creative. It's quite perplexing. That's why you need to pray for me. <laughs> or pray for my wife. Because I do like things to be in order. I mean, I like things to be right. I mean, I, I got, I'll tell you a little story. I got, I was setting up this room with the guys a few weeks ago, and we were trying to make it all right. And so I was trying to get the right setup of chairs. And, you know, we started setting them up and trying to fit them in and make them the right rows and the exact same distance apart so we could fit in the right amount of rows. And I got obsessed. I spent like three hours just moving chairs around. It was like, finally, I was like, this is driving me crazy. Somebody else needs to do this. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a thing. You, you got to ask, what makes me what, what goes on inside of me? And here's a couple questions that you can ask. What do you love deeply? What do you love deeply? What is it that fuels your passion? Here's what 2 Corinthians 13.8 says. It says, our responsibility is never to oppose the truth, but to stand for the truth at all times. Another way to say that would be, what do you stand for? When you stand for the truth, what is it? What is it that causes you to stand up and give your life? I'll tell you this. What causes me to stand up and give my energy and effort, my love, is obviously my family. I love my family. I love my kids. I love my wife. She is, just, she is the person that keeps me sane. God knew what he was doing, putting us together. She is a wonderful, wonderful woman. I'm not just saying that because we fought on Friday. <laughs> but I love the church. I love the big C church. I've given all my life for the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. I love worship. 
I love the presence of Jesus. When we came in here and we started worshiping and singing and God's presence filling our hearts and our minds and experiencing him, there is nothing better than that. That's a passion for me. It is, it is something that drives me. It is something that lives in me. I love it. You've got to find what you love. And I have an excellence thing where I want things to be done right. That's what I love deeply. What makes you righteously angry would be another question. What makes you righteously angry? Not just angry. <laughs> what make, no, you can't put down your husband. You just put, what makes you righteously angry? What is it that you, when you see something happen, you stand up and say, hey, that is not going to happen with me around. You're going to get involved. You're going to say, not on my watch. That's not going to happen. It creates passion inside of you. What is that? For me, I, I, when I see people in positions of trust violating people underneath them, that just, I, I can't stand it. I get a righteous anger, and uh, I, I, I'm not going to allow it. I'm not going to stand for it. Most of us have become aware of the sex trafficking that goes on inside of the United States. It's been hidden, but it's kind of, it's coming through the surface, and our church is going to be committed over the next year, 2012. We're going to do some things that will mobilize us as an organization, and we're going to say no to that. We're going to free some young men and young women from that sex slave trade stuff. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to be engaged in that. What makes you righteously angry? What is the righteous indignation that happens in you? It's an important question to ask as you're discovering your values. Number two, all right? Number two, big idea. You've got to determine what is most important to you. Determine what is most important. Proverbs 29:18 says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. I love how the NIV says it. It says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. In other words, where there's no mission, where there's no, nothing that's, that's said, this is important, what happens is people just cast off all restraints. They kind of do whatever they want to. But there's got to be something that you deem most important. You could say it this way. What is my life mission? What is God's vision for my life? What is my life mission? You should write that down. If you can't answer that question, that's part of your struggle. What is your life's mission? What does God want for you? What is his purpose? What is your purpose in this world and in this life? Answering that question will alleviate so much frustration. It will change your priorities. Answering that question determines for you what you do with your time and your energy and your money and your relationships. What is my purpose? Look what the Apostle Paul said. He said in Acts 20, 24, he said, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Paul's sufferings were immense. You realize he was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was jailed. He was chased out of town, left for dead three times. He, he, he really lived a miserable life after he came to Christ. Sometimes our American gospel fills our head too much with this prosperity thing. But somehow, the Apostle Paul didn't let that define him. All those issues, 
all that suffering, it didn't define him. Why? Because he knew his purpose. He knew, he knew what God was doing in his life, and he knew he had meaning, and he had a purpose. He had a race he was trying to finish. Listen, the happiest people I know are not the people without any problems. Those people are typically just hiding the problems. Happiest people I know are people with problems who know their purpose, who know what they're doing, who know where they're going, and who are fitting their lives around that purpose. There is fulfillment there. There is satisfaction there. There is something that's different than going, you know, running off in all directions, trying to get everything done. Ephesians 5.15. Ephesians 5.15, if you want to turn with me there. This scripture, we read a little bit of it last week, but I want to highlight a different element to it. Ephesians 5, verse 15, it says, Be very careful, then, how you live. See, Apostle Paul again, he's saying, Be careful how you live. Take stock of how you're living. He says, Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Say that phrase with me, making the most of every opportunity. The problem with so many of us is our lives are filled with so much stuff that we can't even take advantage of the opportunities that come our way because we're so consumed. We have no margin in our lives. There's no margin for anything else. We're consumed. You know, if you follow the direction of God's word, it fixes it because he's the one who instituted what we call the Sabbath. The Sabbath. It's one day out of seven that you prepare to give to God, that you rest and reflect and look forward. It's kind of getting lost in our American culture, but you know, it is one of the big 10 commandments not suggestions. It's one of the big 10 commandments and it, it fixes all this stuff and essentially says, here's what it essentially says, God says to you, I can do more in six days for you than you can do in seven. If we just obey the Sabbath, you create margin in your life and you can make the most of every opportunity. And look what it says, because the days are evil, there's all kinds of stuff going on and you could fall easily. Look, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand, what does that say right there? But understand what? What the Lord's will is. Understand what God's will is for you. Seek out his will and his purpose for you. I love this in the Phillips translation. It says, live then, live life then, sorry, live life then with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time, despite all the difficulties of these days. Don't be vague, but firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. Firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. Look, my purpose as a pastor, you know what it is? My purpose is to equip and to empower and to release you to fulfill your purpose. That's really, I've settled it. My job here is not to do all the ministry. My job here is to see it, spot it in you, to build it, to teach, train, encourage, equip, and then say, yeah, do that, because that's what you were made for. 
Find your purpose. That's what I'm trying to do here at One Chapel. That's what this is. That's what this is all about, is us trying to find each of our purposes and then come together as one people, accomplishing God's great purpose. That's what this is. And listen, I, if you don't know your purpose, and you're sitting here today and you're like, oh, I don't know really what you're talking about exactly, and I know I'm supposed to you know, get people saved or something like that, but you don't know how you fit into that process, here's what I want to challenge you on. I want to challenge you to give me a year. Give me a year. And I want you to engage in the things that go on around one chapel. There's really only four of them. There's church services where we do this. We celebrate what God's done and look at vision and encourage one another. There's square one. If you've never been to square one, it's the first step towards getting connecting and connected and finding out who you are and what you're all about and, and finding your place in this family of believers. And then there's connect groups. Connect groups. And that's a group of people that you're going to live life with, and you're just going to live with them in community, and they're going to speak into your life, and you're going to speak into their life, and, and you're going to encourage one another. It's a really important part of finding your purpose. And then finally, there's team one. Team one. How many people in the room are on team one? Raise your hand. Awesome. Love it. It is my goal to make sure that a huge percentage of one chapel is on team one, because what team one is, it's finding your place to serve another person whether it's back in the children's ministry or whether it's uh, leading a connect group or whether it's uh, serving coffee out here. It doesn't matter what it is. You're finding the way you're wired and then you're beginning to serve other people. If you'll give me a year and do those four things, I promise you, God will reveal his purpose in you. Just want to encourage you, his purpose. And then finally, to end here, number three. Number three, you've got to decide who? Decide who is most important. Decide who is most important. Here's what I mean. Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All the law, all the scripture writings at that time, Jesus was saying, can be summed up in these two things. Here it is. Make relationships a priority and put God first. Love God and love people. If you'll just learn how to do that, you'll take care of everything else. Everything else in your life will start to line up behind that. Make relationships a priority, put God first, love God, and love people, and his purpose will begin to be revealed to you. I really believe this. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in countless others. I want to challenge you. Don't live another year. Don't let 2012 go by with you just randomly running in many directions. Put the big rocks in first. Do the important things first. Let God begin to order your life. Get your life in order, and then let him do something powerful with you. Would you join me in prayer? Just bow your heads, close your eyes. I'd just like to take a moment here, and I really want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I want the Holy Spirit to take a moment and for you to hear his voice, not just mine. And so would you 
Would you just listen to what he wants to say to you? Maybe he wants to highlight something that he wants you to give more energy to, more direction. Maybe he wants you to give up something. Maybe he's, he's putting his finger on something and saying, I, you know, you really don't need this. This is not the most important thing. Let, let this go. Father, speak to each heart in the room. Speak to every man and every woman and let them know that you do have a purpose and it's bigger than anything they can conceive of. It's greater than what they might hope for. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to people across this auditorium and you would tell them these are the big rocks these are the things that you've got to put first starting with you starting with you help us to order our lives according to your word help us to order our lives according to what you've already told us and even what we already know so father I pray give us grace to do this Give me grace to do this. Give us as a church grace to be able to accomplish your purpose in this city. Give us the understanding of how each of us can fit into it, what our individual mission can be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Finally, I want to ask, is there anybody in the room who wants me to pray for them? Because you're here this morning and you realize... I haven't put God first in my life in a very long time. Maybe never. You found yourself at a church in a little commercial office building and maybe you came with a friend, but now here, here you are and you're realizing, I, I, need, I need a change in my life. I need to be transformed. I need to be moved in the direction of following God's voice. I don't know exactly how to do that, but I want to give my life to him. You've heard his voice somehow in this service, and you're saying, I want, this is what I want all the time. I want to follow Jesus. I want to receive him, and I want to embrace him. So you want to make God first today. Maybe it's the first time you've ever made that declaration, or maybe the first time in a long time that you've made that declaration. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to shoot your hand up in the air right now. Just, just right up in the air. Yep, I see you back here. Yep, right in the middle. Anybody else? Yep, I see you way back in the back. Anybody else? Yeah, this is a good decision. This is not a bad decision. If you're wrestling, just ignore it and put your hand up and say, God, I want to give you my life. Yeah, I see you, young man. It's good. Yep, I see you. Yep, I see you. Anybody else? This is the moment of truth. It's getting rid of the pain of the truth you know versus the truth you live. This is settling the issue in your life. Anybody else just want to lift their hand? Yep, I see you. Anybody else? I want to live different. I want to give my life completely. I want to make a commitment to Christ. So good. So good. So would you just pray this prayer in your heart? I'm going to pray a prayer out loud, and I want you to just to you don't have to repeat after me, but I want you to pray it inside. You can whisper it. You can, you can give your heart to Christ. When 
we say, Father, we thank you for Jesus who came and gave his life to us. He took my place, took my sins and my failures upon him. I'm so grateful for that. Lord, would you help me to make you first? I invite you into my life. God, I want you to have first place. I want you to influence everything else. I want to make sure that I, my life is ordered according to your word. So forgive me for doing my own thing. Help me to follow you. Change me. Make me a new person today. Just make me brand new. I, you can touch my heart and change me completely. Say goodbye to all my old ways of life and my, my past and my failures and say yes to your new life in me. I want to make you first. Help me, Jesus. I give my life to you. Father, I pray that you'd seal every work that you're doing even now in the hearts of people, that you would just protect them, that you'd walk with them, that you'd show them the next steps. Help all of us, Lord, to live our lives in a way that honors you and puts you first. We love you. We thank you for this. We're in awe of your work here today. In Jesus' name, amen.